in the face of John Collins. Super Bowl champions, Eagles fans everywhere, this is for you. Let the celebration begin. And now it's time for Swoop Radio with your host, Josh Sanchez. Everybody and welcome to the latest edition of Swoop Radio with Josh Sanchez. Man, oh man, oh man, we have a lot to talk about today for today's podcast. I am also live streaming on Twitch.tv for all my podcast listeners. Yes, all you have to do is search Swoop underscore RD underscore and I'll pop right up. But man, man, oh man, oh man. What a game last night between the Philadelphia 76ers and the Los Angeles Lakers. Um, I tried to live stream it yesterday. I obviously, you know, I made a couple rookie mistakes. <laughs> I'm not allowed to record uh, actual live content. I learned that the hard way last night. But no matter. Welcome everyone to the newest podcast. So... For today's podcast, what we're going to talk about today, we're going to get into Sixers-Lakers. We're going to also talk about the Eagles hiring their new head coach, uh, Nick Nick Sirani. I know I talked about him in a couple podcasts ago, but so we got to get into that. Also, JT Realmuto also signed a five-year, over $100 million deal to to join the Philadelphia Phillies so we got to talk about that as well so those are what we're gonna those are the topics that we're going to address in this podcast so before we get started again though you can always tune in on twitch.tv you can also follow me on Spotify Apple Podcasts Google Podcasts Anchor.fm iHeartRadio just search Swoop Radio and I'll pop right up new podcasts will be out every Friday at 12 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time. So if you missed this live stream, not to worry. Podcast will be out tomorrow. So for today, we're going to get into first topic right out right off the bat. We're going to get into Sixers versus Lakers recap, because for those who missed the game last night, you missed a good one. The 76ers pretty much dominated the game from start to finish. Not going to lie to you, the Sixers were up at one point up 16 points. That was their largest lead of the game. Everything from the Sixers that you needed happened. Danny Green hit four three-pointers. Joel Embiid had 28 points. He had 13 points in the first quarter. Was absolutely dominating from, from the low block. Marcus Gasol... Before the game, Marcus Saul held Joel Embiid to about 10 points a game whenever the two match up against each other. To put it in perspective, Joel Embiid had already eclipsed 10 points in the first five minutes of the game. That's how great Joel Embiid was. And honestly, Joel Embiid was just on another level the entire game until midway in the third quarter when, when LeBron James 
wanted to decide to, you know, like, let's take out their best player. And B goes for a dunk and, Le- and LeBron James pushes him midair. If that was anyone else but LeBron James, we all know that they would have been ejected from the game. And B said it post game. He made it very clear. He was like, look, if, the, if I did that, if I did that to LeBron or I did that to anybody, I'm getting ejected from the game. And the fact that LeBron, yes, he received a flagrant, but he should have been ejected from the game. Joel Embiid was not the same player from that fall. I, I And I've played sports. I know people that have had a lot of bad backs. And you can't sit up there and tell me that you're 280, 290 pounds. You fall on your back. That's not going to affect you the rest of the game. And that's what really happened in the third and the fourth quarters. Embiid still got, ended up getting 28 points, but he was not as explosive because of his back. That was part of the reason. And honestly, if it, if that play did not happen, the Sixers, I think, would have won this game by 20. Because there was no one. Anthony Davis tried to stick Embiid. That couldn't happen. Marcus Saul, he had four fouls. Montrez Harrell. Had four fouls. If you look at the if you look at the box score, literally right below for you guys, Montrez Harrell had zero points and had four fouls in just 12 minutes of action. That's all. That's vintage Joel Embiid and him getting the ball down in the low block and dominating. And this is the thing with the league going so small, the Sixers have an advantage against the ball a Boston Celtics team against the Brooklyn Nets team. It all comes down to can Joel Embiid stay healthy enough for a postseason playoff run? Because we all know Joel Embiid will not, I'm sorry, and, and this is me being honest, I'm an honest honest analysis right here. Joel Embiid probably will not play against the Timberwolves in a couple games, and he probably won't play against the Pacers on Sunday. Just because he took a gruesome fall, and he's going to need time to relax and find himself. So, Another takeaway from the game. Embiid down low, dominate. Domination. Ben Simmons, triple-double, 17 points, 11 rebounds, 10 assists. Solid. Ben Simmons was aggressive early. That's what he's going to have to be from here on out. On nights when Embiid doesn't play, Ben Simmons needs to play like that all four quarters. In nights where Embiid does play, if Ben Simmons can start the game hot like he did last night, give you six points, give you two rebounds, two assists in the first quarter, and dictate the pace of game in the first quarter, solid. That's all you need from Ben Simmons, for him to get going in the first quarter and then have him get going a little bit as the game goes on. But Ben Simmons needs to make his mark and make his statement in the first quarter. And that's what he did perfectly last night for the Philadelphia 76ers. Embiid had 13 points in the first quarter, but Ben Simmons was dictating the pace of the game. And then you throw in Tobias Harris, the perfect mixed match. You, you can't put Anthony Davis on him because Tobias Harris can, can have the speed. Well, obviously, AD is one of the defenders you can put on anybody, but I'm just saying. You can find a matchup with Tobias Harris, and he can beat the defender off the dribble. He had over 20 points, and the Philadelphia 76ers, in order for them to be a finals NBA team, Tobias Harris is going to have to give the Sixers 20 to 25 points a night. If he can give you that consistently, which he has done this year so far, which is part of the reason why we are the number one seed in the Eastern Conference, 
Gotta give credit when credit is due. He is an all-star. He's averaging 20 points a game. If he can stay at that range, the 76ers are a legit finals contender. Because, because again, like I said and mentioned a couple minutes ago, Joel Embiid down low is a mismatch. And the Lakers try to throw everybody at him. And the Lakers have a big-sized team. The Lakers are probably the biggest team in the NBA. They threw a Marcus Saul at him. No good. They threw Montrez Harrell. The box score says it right there, folks. Montrez Harrell, look at his numbers. As I pull my course for you guys to see, look at his numbers. I, I, I might need to zoom in a little bit. He had zero points. This is a guy at one of the six-man running of the year. One of the best bench players in the league had zero points and four fouls. Four fouls. That is all Joel Embiid. So you have Embiid. You have Tobias Harris give you 20 a night. And then Ben Simmons can give you that 15, 16 points and 10 assists. I've been saying this for a while. With Ben Simmons, don't expect him to drop 25, 30 points. That's not his game. What his game is, he's going to give you two steals. He's going to give you a block shot, which he did last night. He's going to dictate the pace of the game. He's going to give you, if he can give you 10 assists a night, 8 to 10 assists, it's a win. Pull up the box scores on Ben Simmons as I'm talking about this. On all of the losses of the Philadelphia 76ers this, this year, Ben Simmons has had less than 8 assists. On all the wins, Ben Simmons has had 8 assists or more. Just look it up. So the Sixers are forming into that big three. Coming into the year, we had a lot of question marks. But that was my huge takeaway from last night. Tobias Harris is a bucket and should be easily averaging 20 a night. Joel Embiid is so dominant down low, and I'm ready to start the conversations. He is better than Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis is 1-4 in, in his career against Joel Embiid. The facts are there. Embiid... Before that back injury was giving Davis work, and even after he fell hard on his back, was still getting buckets on AD. Anthony Davis had 23 points on 18 shots, struggled from the field, vintage Embiid. LeBron James was playing like playoff LeBron. We all know playoff Ron is a different animal. The fact that he scored 34 points and the Sixers were still up by 15 with three minutes left, that's a win. That's huge. Now, if LeBron James had an off game, like let's say like he only had like 20 points, I would be like, all right, we all know playoff Bron's going to give you 30. Got to give credit when credit is due to one of the best basketball players to ever touch, to ever play the game. The fact that he gave the Lakers 34 points and we still won the game and we still dominated the game, it's a great sign if you're a Sixers fan. You should be feeling very happy this morning. This morning, And that's why I got my, my Philadelphia 76ers hoodie on. I was talking trash to my coworker because he is a Lakers fan. Talked mad trash to him. So, big win for the Philadelphia 76ers. And that's pretty much like the, a lot of the takeaways. So, before I transition to my next topic, I, I talked about the takeaways from last night. Some of the takeaways I mentioned. Embiid down low, dominating. Absolutely dominating. Ben Simmons, if he can give you that 15-10 range, perfect. And give you great defense, that's all you need. 
Tobias Harris needs to give the Sixers more than 20 points a night. Yesterday, he was great. And then I like Shake Milton coming off the bench. He had a couple tough buckets. Maz hit a couple threes. If Maz can hit a couple threes, that's fine. But he only needs to play like 10, 15 minutes. Any more, and I'm I'm throwing, I'm flipping, I'm flipping the table. I, I can't. I cannot stand Furkan Korkmaz. I, I've never been a Korkmaz guy. But if his shots are hitting, it's a make or miss league. Gotta give credit when credit is due. The fact that LeBron also had 34. And still, the Sixers dominated the game to the point where they took LeBron James out in the fourth quarter. I'm going to wrap up the Sixers topic with this. The only thing I'm concerned with is how we close the game. We definitely put our foot off the gas. But there was a lot of possessions where all we needed was a bucket or two. And the game would have never have gotten to where it is. Embiid had a, Embiid had a couple crucial turnovers. We also had an illegal screen that Doc Rivers didn't challenge. There was no identity in the fourth quarter. And that's something that the Sixers are going to need to figure out as the season progresses. In the final three minutes, who is touching the ball? Is it going to be a Joel Embiid? Is it going to be a Tobias Harris? Because that's, that's how you find your identity in the clutch. The first three and a half quarters... The Sixers had that identity. They're going to run the game through Embiid. Ben Simmons will dictate the pace of the game. Tobias Harris on isolation, also on pick and rolls. I loved it. But those that last five minutes, the Sixers were getting into their own heads. They were hesitant. They were scared who's going to take the shot. Thank goodness Tobias Harris hit that shot to win the game. If he would have missed, oh man. It would have been a tough, tough podcast today. A tough. I would have been furious at the way how we as the way how we closed the game. Absolutely terrible. Now I definitely think a part of that was because of Embiid's back. I mean, I've had a back injury. They're not fun. It's very hard to, especially if you're on Anthony Davis, that little edge definitely matters. All of a sudden you're not as explosive. Now you give Anthony Davis a couple extra steps. So, but those are my takeaways from the Sixers-Lakers game. And the sky's the limit. I am so excited for this Philadelphia 76ers team. They proved that they are a finals contender. But I already told you the recipe for for what it's going to take for them to win. Tobias needs to give you 20 a night. Embiid needs to dominate. Continue to play at his MVP level. 28, 30 points a night. Ben Simmons needs to give you 15 and 10. And their Philadelphia 76ers will be NBA champions. So this concludes the first segment of Swoop Radio with your boy Josh Sanchez. We will be right back. I'm taking a very quick, short break. I'm going to get into the Eagles next. So again, you're listening to Swoop Radio with Josh Sanchez on anchor.fm and on twitch.tv. We'll be right back.
Hey everybody and welcome back to Swoop Radio. I'm your host Josh Sanchez. Earlier I talked about the Philadelphia 76ers and now I got to transition to the Philadelphia Eagles because man oh man oh man boy did the Philadelphia Eagles make a move. I'm not really man as I've, I've had a couple days to digest but let me get to the point. The Philadelphia, the Philadelphia Eagles hired former Colts offensive coordinator Nick Sarani as their new head coach. Also, more news, Jonathan Gannon, the coach of the, the former coach of the Indianapolis Colts, um, their DB's coach, will be the defensive coordinator for the Philadelphia Eagles. So the Eagles made a lot of moves this week as well. How I feel about the move... Honestly, this move is to bring out the best in Carson Wentz. Uh, The Eagles have had a rough year, let's be honest. The Eagles were absolutely terrible from start to finish. This team was supposed to be a Super Bowl contender, definitely a playoff team, and should have had the advantage of making the playoffs because the Cowboys and Mike McCarthy, it was their first year with no preseason Ron Rivera, also a new coach, and also Judge from the Giants, all three rookie coaches in the NFL. So the Eagles definitely should have won the division this year, but they really struggled. And it starts with the quarterback playing Carson Wentz. And the Eagles all honestly are, are the biggest, hottest mess in the NFL. And there was talks about Carson Wentz going to the Indianapolis Colts. But like I said just a couple seconds ago, Instead of bringing Carson Wentz to the Colts, the Eagles brought the Colts to the Eagles. (laughs) The Colts brought themselves to the Eagles. So with this new head coach hiring, Nick Sirianni has had a history with Phillip Rivers. Um, They worked with each other in San Diego when they were the San Diego Chargers. And they also worked with each other in the Colts. He's very good at getting the ball quick. He does not really like a lot of turnovers. I get it. Was it a big splash hiring? No. But I definitely think that Nick Sirianni can really get that fan base and really get us excited for the new season. It's going to be interesting, though, because the Eagles need a lot of help. They need a lot of help. It starts with everybody. The offensive line was banged up. The quarterback play stunk. The Eagles do not have any weapons on the outside whatsoever. They've missed out on so many draft picks. And to make matters worse, they fired Doug Peterson, a Super Bowl winning coach, but then keep a owner in Howie Roseman that continues to fail on draft picks year after year after year. I went on a rant about this a couple podcasts ago, and the stat that always blows my mind is over the last 50 draft picks the Philadelphia Eagles have had. Howie Roseman has only drafted one pro bowler and his name was Carson Wentz and that was in 2017. So to put it in perspective, the Philadelphia Eagles have not drafted a single pro bowler in the last four drafts. Terrible, terrible, terrible. And the fact that he still has a job just shows you I'm a little worried with the Eagles and where they're at. Jeffrey Laurie is starting to give me Jerry Jones vibes. All of a sudden, oh, we won the Super Bowl now. Now, oh my goodness, I think I run stuff now. I think I'm the best. Like, no, that's not how things work. Time goes on. 
not it's not just about winning one Super Bowl. You want to be the best. You want to be like a Kansas City, back-to-back Super Bowls, and it looks like they're going to go to more. So, and I'll and I'll conclude this segment. I'm going to talk a little bit about the Super Bowl. I'm not going to give my predictions yet today. Next week, I will give you guys my Super Bowl prediction. But yeah, the Eagles need a lot of help. They do. Devontae Smith, I think, would be the perfect answer for the Philadelphia Eagles. He's not the biggest guy. He's not the fastest guy. But he knows how to lead. He knows how to run routes. He knows how to get open. And he is a winner. Something that this locker room needs right now. We lost a lot of leadership once once Malcolm Jenkins left. I know a lot of people are kind of iffy with Malcolm Jenkins, but he never missed a snap. What he did to the community of Philadelphia, second to none. One of the reasons why Malcolm Jenkins is an absolute, one of the best Eagles players, in my opinion. We lost his leadership. Carson Wentz was supposed to be the leader, but instead of being a true leader, him not speaking to the media, him not taking accountability it just doesn't send the right message to your team and I know he was very supportive of Jalen Hurts and I know that he is a man of faith and I know all of that but he has not had a single press conference this this offseason and I'm disgusted like own up yeah like this year we stunk I was not happy there was a lot of reports on him about how he was bad to the locker room how he would audible Doug Peterson's plays just because he didn't like him. Like, I want to hear him say, like, hey, like, that was not true. I definitely made some mistakes and stuff like that. Like, just own up to it, even if you did do it. But, yeah, the Eagles need a true leader. I'm also, as the NFL draft gets closer and closer, I'll give you guys a full probably three to four round mock draft. The Eagles have the sixth pick. The Eagles also have the sixth pick of the second round, third round, fourth round. So we have a lot of great picks, and we have to hit. Like I've been saying for the longest time, your number one rule when you draft your first three rounds, at least two out of those three players need to be instant team contributors. Let's list the Eagles' past first-round picks. This past year, first round. We got Jalen Rager instead of a Justin Jefferson. Second round, we draft Jalen Hurts. Third round, we draft a pass rusher that barely played a single snap in the in, in the in the whole year last year. That's your first three round picks. So the Eagles are a hot mess at the end of the day. And this hiring does not really excite me. But I feel like it's a step in the right direction. And I have to wait and see how he's actually going to coach. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. But in other news, I know also the Eagles got a brand new quarterbacks coach as well. I'm forgetting his name off the top of my head. I apologize, guys. But I know he is also a good signing as well. So the Eagles are starting to put the right pieces in. Shout out to Deuce Staley as well. I know a lot of Eagles fans wanted him to be the new head coach. But now he is leaving the Eagles staff. Hopefully he finds himself a good job. 
Kevin Pat- Patulo is also going to be the passing coordinator for the Eagles. So the Eagles have made a lot of coaching changes, but with any problem, if the top is not changed, who knows if the whole team will change. So just let that sink in, folks. So as we get into that, we are going to conclude this topic and full podcast with some Super Bowl talk because obviously in the championship round, I am also going, I'm not going to lie, I'm not going to live stream the Super Bowl, sadly, but I'm going to start picking one game a week where I'm going to be live streaming the games. I'm going to have either basketball, I'll show you guys a quick little preview of what my court's going to look like with a live scoreboard, and then obviously I will talk in between it. And then football, obviously, will switch it up next year, probably. But once a week, I'm going to live stream a game. And I also, I will live stream every podcast from here on out. So I'm very excited for that. But championship weekend happened this past, this past Sunday. And Tom Brady, Tom the Goat Brady, there's no, there's no more debate for that. All that talk about Bill Belichick, and Tom Brady being united. Got to give credit when credit is due. Obviously, Bill Belichick has meant a lot to Tom Brady and his career. But let's be honest. Tom Brady took the Suckineers, the worst, the, the statistically worst franchise in the NFL. Granted, I know they have Chris Godwin. They got Gronk. They got, Chris, they got uh, Mike Evans. They got uh, Blake. They have or Drake, my fault, whatever his name is. They have Leonard Fournette. They have a bunch of offensive weapons. They have a top five defense. But this team still went seven and nine the previous year. So they go from a seven and nine team with no preseason. And from playing football, preseason matters. You need those first couple like scrimmage games to get you get you loose and get you ready for the year. No preseason. And in year one, this ain't year two, this is year one, took them to the Super Bowl. Regardless if they win or lose, Tom Brady is just on another level. His career has been so iconic that you can break up his 10 years from 01 to 2010 and from 2011 to now. And there's still Hall of Fame careers. Three-time champion in the 01 to 2010. Three-time champion, 2010 to 2021. Tom Brady just continues to dominate, and he is 43 years old. I honestly think this Super Bowl run was one of his toughest Super Bowl runs of all time. If he ends up beating Patrick Mahomes, let's be honest here. I'll give you Washington. Washington is trash, 7-9. and nine. They did win the division, props to them. You go on the road in New Orleans and beat Drew Brees, and then you go on the road in Lambeau Field and beat Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers? And then you go at, and then I, I understand you're at home, but then you got to beat Patrick Mahomes? Man, you can't get a better Super Bowl run than that. There's no stopping that. Like, I don't, I don't get it. I Like, it's just, there's two things I never bet on 
in sports. I never bet against LeBron James in a postseason game and Tom Brady. This past decade, those are the two players you never bet against. Tom Brady and LeBron James. Those are the two players. And no disrespect to the other guys. No disrespect to Aaron. No disrespect to Drew Brees. No disrespect to Patrick Mahomes. I'm not betting against Tom Brady. I'm not. Until I am proven, until he is proven to be beaten consistently, I'm never betting against that man. But anyway, let's get to the games real quick and then we will wrap everything up. So the Chiefs defeated the Buffalo Bills 38-24. The Bills had no shot. We saw a lot of ugliness from Josh Allen. He holds the ball way too long. Reminds me of Carson Wentz out there. Like, you got to know just when to throw the ball away. If the play's not there, the play's not there. Throw it away. Save your team a down. Okay, like it may be third and 10, but instead of it being third down and 20, it's going to be third and 10. Those 10 yards make all the difference. Even if you cut it in half, five yards sack. Those five yards make the huge difference in play calling, everything. So that's what we saw. We saw one guy in Patrick Mahomes that has a Tyree kill that is just on another level. And then another guy in Josh Allen, who is a great young talent, but he is just not there yet. And now this has been two straight postseasons where on the games where the Bills got eliminated, Josh Allen has looked a little nervous in the moment. But I mean, he's young. He's, he was drafted in 2018. The sky's the limit for the Bills. I And I honestly think the Bills will win a Super Bowl with this group. Now, I don't think next year, but maybe in, a, in two years, two, three years, I really am liking the Buffalo Bills to come out of the AFC and finally get Buffalo a Super Bowl trophy, something that they need. Because let's be honest, if you think of the Buffalo Bills, you think of the four straight Super Bowl losses. And got to give a shout out to Bills Mafia as well. What they've done throughout the playoffs, they donate to opposing teams' charities. Big shout out to the Buffalo Bills. If your future is high and the sky's the limit. But for, ten, but for last week's game, you guys were terrible in all ends of the field. Defense, you couldn't stop nobody. When you play against the Chiefs, you got to at least take away Tyreek Hill or Travis Kelsey. You got to let the other guy beat you. That's how explosive these two guys are. Absolutely pathetic. On offense, struggling. The Chiefs defense, their secondary is solid. They have a leader in the secondary. That, that's that's the, one of the recipes in, in running a football team. Do you have guys that can lead? And that's something that the Chiefs do. They have Tyron Matthew just running that secondary. Even before him, they had Eric Berry. You got to have a leader on that secondary in order to win. So that's another guy. And, and the Chiefs defense. Ever since Spagnola left the Giants and joined the Chiefs as a defensive coordinator, the Chiefs defense has been a hundred times better. That's one of the reasons why they won a Super Bowl last year was because of that defense. Hell, holding the 49ers to just 20 points. And the 49ers were up 20 to 10. And they held them. Gotta give credit when credit is due. And the last game. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers defeated the Green Bay Packers 31 to 26. <sighs> I got to, as I'm heavy sighing on this one. If I'm a Green Bay Packers fan, I am so pissed off 
This was the Green Bay Packers' best shot of, of going to Super Bowl and winning a Super Bowl. This was the year. You have Aaron Rodgers playing at an MVP level. You have Devontae Adams, if he would have played a full season, would have broke the touchdown record for most touchdown reception touchdowns in a year. He had 18 in, in 13 games. The record is 21 by Randy Moss. So just to throw that stat out there, you're not going to tell me that you're going to hold Devontae Adams less than three touchdowns in three games. I, I don't know what you're smoking. So they had all the weapons. They've had all the pieces. They have a shutdown corner in Alexander. Absolute beast. He picked off Brady twice in the game. Tom Brady throws three straight interceptions. Three straight. And your team only musters three points in all three of those drives? Aaron Rodgers is has to deserve some of the blame. And then to make matters worse, it is third and goal. Aaron Rodgers has an easy scramble opportunity to, for them to take the lead or to tie the game. Doesn't take it. Fourth down, you, your coach decides to kick a stupid field goal when you need a touchdown to tie the game. If you don't convert it, you have to stop the Buccaneers anyway. They're, all you have to do is prevent them from getting a first down, and then you punt, and then you got to go again for a touchdown and go for two. But no, Matt LaFour decides to kick a stupid field goal that cut the lead to five. The only difference is if, if they were to stop them, if they scored a touchdown, the game's over. But let's be honest. You need to win. I I just, I simply, I don't get it sometimes. Coaching matters in crucial games. Same with the, same with the Tennessee Titans coach. You're at the Baltimore 40. It's fourth and two. You have Derrick Henry. Oh, we're just going to punt. Like, what? Like, what are you thinking? Like, I, I just, I don't, I don't get it. So, to, if you're a Packers fan, I feel your pain. So much pain. Patrick Starr, SpongeBob. Man. This was their year to win a Super Bowl. Aaron Rodgers is also contemplating between whether or not he'll stay in Green Bay. If I was him, I would want out. The team showed that they had no faith in you down the stretch. But that's the sequence of the game. Brady throws three picks. Three. Packers only scored three points. And also, to end the half, Rodgers threw a costly pick. You could have called holding or whatever. I understand. But the difference between Rodgers and Brady, Brady throws a dime for a touchdown. The Buccaneers capitalized on the two Packers turnovers. They got 14 points off of that. The Packers could only must three points on the turnovers. Got to give credit when credit is due. So Tom Brady's going to his 10th Super Bowl. Patrick Mahomes is going to his second. Should be a great game. And I will get into more of the game next week. But this concludes today's podcast with Swoop Radio. I'm your host, Josh Sanchez. Thank you guys to whoever turned tuned into Twitch. I appreciate you so much. As I get used to this and as I grow, obviously more viewers and obviously we'll have some more fun with this. But stay tuned. I'll be updating you guys on my Instagram and also on my story as well. 
you can follow me at swoop radio underscore it's also on my twitch on my twitch bio as well um and also hit that subscribe button on spotify apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio. i'm all over tune in every fridays at 12 p.m where my podcast will be up but once a week i will be live streaming real life nba nfl mlb games I will not, I cannot record the actual event. I learned that the hard way yesterday. But what I can do is I can, I can provide you guys with some insight. As long as you guys are watching live with me, that's all that matters. But I hope you guys have a wonderful weekend out there. Stay, please stay safe with COVID. And this is Josh signing off. Swoop.